0: Thank you. Grace Ministries. It's Jonathan here. I'm doing this podcast by myself this week because Christian's out of town. Listen, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good podcast. I, I spent a lot of time working on this and, and trying to find some passages and, and things that really will back me up on this or or that I've used in the past that that uh, reference all this stuff. Because what we're going to talk about today is what makes someone a strong Christian. What makes someone a strong Christian? All right. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I look at other people, I looked at other Christians and I said, man, that is a strong man of God or man, that is a strong woman of God. And what are these characteristics? And I spent a lot of years, a lot of time thinking about this and in and, and some of the daily activities that happen in the lives of these people. And I think we can find these daily activities in the scripture and it's stuff you've heard all the time. But this is going to be a lot more practical. So we're going to find out today, how can we become stronger Christians? it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2 eight. Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Hey, everybody. I guess I was muted. Um, listen, uh, thank you for watching Grace Bomb Ministries. Like I said a second ago, I'm, I'm here by myself. Christian, uh, he's off on vacation. Uh, apparently, he gets a vacation too, I guess. But um, anyways, he's off on vacation. So I'm going to record this one by myself. But uh, I think what you're going to hear here in this podcast, I think you're going to find it very uh, beneficial. Um, I think you're going to find it really beneficial and uh, very helpful. And uh, so that's what we're, we're so we're going to get into some of this like what what makes somebody a strong Christian you know and uh, I have these um, you know when I, when I got into the ministry you know I, I I was saved when I was young but when I got into the ministry I I started looking at some of these other guys these older men these older uh, even the older women um, you know like uh, there's lots of different people you know like Lottie Moon or something but uh, or, or uh, you know even Mother Teresa but um, you know how about some of these people um, how they how they live their lives and how I would look at these people and I say I would say man that's a strong godly man right there or man that's a strong godly woman right there and and I got to wonder I said well you know because later on I realized well these people aren't any different than me it's just uh, it's just how they uh, do things it's how close they are to God and so I got to wondering I said well what would it take for me to be a strong Christian. So I got I began to ask these people, these mentors of mine, these pastor friends of mine. I began to ask them uh, about this. I used to say, "What do you do on a daily basis that um, you know that brings you closer to God and that sort of thing?" And so we, uh, uh, so I, I learned a lot like that throughout the years. And pretty much what I figured out is that there's almost like these necessary daily, monthly, weekly habits that they have. That um, that kind of bring them closer to God, and these weren't just pastors; these are also uh, just regular church members who are just very close to the Lord. And um, and so, uh, I learned a couple different things, and I think there's a few keys to being to to being a strong Christian person. All right, a strong Christian person, a strong follower of Christ, as someone that's close to God. Right, so. Um, I think that this this podcast will help you understand a lot of that stuff. Um, you know how to be close to God. What things do I need to do on a, in a on a daily basis? You know, I've actually researched that a couple times myself and just googled. Uh, you know, daily Christian habits. You know, uh, you know, is it just prayer and read your Bible or what is it? You know, what 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 really would bring you closer to God? What really does God want you to be doing on a daily basis? Um, and so uh, here's what we're going to talk about in this podcast. And I'm going to, I'm going to break this stuff down a lot more than what it, what you probably heard it before to make it a little easier, um, to grasp and easier, and more practical to actually do. Right. And I think that's what happens a lot of times is, is people will tell us you need to pray and they'll say, okay, you need to pray at least an hour every day. And we're like, Whoa, like, how am I gonna, you know, these are people who we only pray maybe at meals. You know, and now you're telling us, hey, we need to pray for a whole hour every day. You know, and then you're telling us on top of that, it probably needs to happen about 5 a.m. in the morning. So uh, we're going to get a little more practical, a little talk about it in different ways where I think it would actually help, you know, and it's actually doable. Um, So that's what we're talking about today. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. That's the foundation of everything that we're going to talk about. Once we figure out, okay, this is where the Holy Spirit starts and this is what the Holy Spirit does in each of these other things. All right, so we're going to start with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about uh, Bible reading. We're going to talk about journaling, which that one I was kind of almost not even going to put in the podcast, but uh, I know a lot of people like doing it, so I do want to mention it. Uh, and then we're going to talk about going to church, uh, church gathering, gathering with other believers. And we're going to talk about accountability. And then we're going to talk about and finish off on how we all do ministry. Um, no matter, you know, it's not professional ministry, but we all do ministry. We all minister to other people or. or uh, or, and to each other as fellow believers, um, throughout our days, throughout our weeks. So uh, that's all the stuff we're going to cover. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break all this down and say, Hey, if you want to be closer to God, these are the things that you need to make sure you're doing. All right. These are the things you need to make sure you're doing and making sure you understand. Right. And so, uh, let's, so let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, uh, so let me go ahead and start us off with, um, uh, See, uh, we're going to talk about the spirit. All right, We're going to talk about not just the spirit, but but um, connecting with the spirit. The Bible says that, uh, you know, he, he, the way Pocken, he was he was in a different kind of context than, you know, uh, he was talking about uh, food being offered to idols, I believe. Um, but he says, don't you know that your body is the, is the temple of uh, where the Holy Spirit resides is pretty much what he says. And so this Holy Spirit is the the spirit of God is the spirit of Jesus uh, it's the third person of the Trinity, um, uh, <clears throat> and what that Spirit does is that Spirit lives inside of us from the moment that we put our faith in Jesus and that we're saved uh, by Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us from that point forward. All right, so we get to Galatians now. When we get to Galatians, they were this whole letter, and my pastor's preaching on it right now. But um, you know, this whole letter is about. Uh, the difference between being justified by the law and being justified by faith in Christ, uh, pretty much, and and being justified by the Holy Spirit. And so in Galatians five, before he gets into the gifts of the Spirit, um, he he talks about this 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 battle between the flesh and this battle between the the spirit. Uh, so there there is this endless battle going on between the flesh and the spirit. All right. So let me read this, and if you got your Bibles, it'd be great if you could you could turn along with me. Um, and then maybe even highlight some of these things we talk about, underline them or whatever. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you know, make sure to go back later and and mark all these verses um, in your Bible. And uh, so that way you'll know, uh, you know, have a reminder of these things that you need to do so you can be closer to God. Um, so Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 26. It says uh, and I, all my scriptures come from the Christian standard Bible. Uh, but it says, I say then walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, Outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, corro- uh, uh, carousing, uh, carousing, and, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control the law is not against such things now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with this with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another or envying one another so there is this battle between the flesh and the spirit that goes on inside of us every single day right and we have to understand this that there is a battle, an actual battle. So what the Spirit does, the Spirit doesn't say, this is why if somebody tells you, oh Christians, if, if you have God living inside of you, shouldn't you be perfect? Well no, because the Spirit in us does not just completely take control, what the Spirit does is it tugs on us, it convicts us, he convicts us, and draws us away from those fleshly desires into spiritual desires and so we become spiritual beings through that we have to fight this battle between the flesh and the spirit and so what the spirit does is makes it possible to even fight off the flesh like we do all right and so no matter what that battle is going to continue on and that's why this is the foundation because first of all with any of these other things if you're trying to get close to god if you're trying to do these things Then uh there's going to be the devil's not going to be happy with that so there's going to be an even more intense spiritual battle going on uh between our flesh and our flesh in the scripture is is like our sinful nature so our sinful nature um it's it's in a battle with our spiritual nature which has been changed and transformed by jesus christ Uh, so we're constantly fighting that battle and the spirit is trying to help us to turn away from the flesh and turn towards him um you know, it's interesting. It says that the spirit produces fruit, the fruit of the spirit. And uh, in, in Greek, the fruit there is actually singular. So these aren't like other things. This is this is a gift. This is something that comes directly from the spirit. And so what we have to do is we have to live lives according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. We are free from the flesh. We're free from the flesh. And now we're live, we try to live according to the spirit. All right. So before you begin anything else in this list or in this podcast, I'm going to talk about, you have to understand this. You have to start here. You have to know that everything you do, it's going to be a spiritual matter. It's not a, it's not a discipline matter. You know, like, you know, if you want to go work out every morning, you know, that's not really a spiritual matter. Um, I do think the Lord, you know, wants us to be healthy and fit and things like that. And so, um, but, uh, what we're talking about, these are spiritual matters. We need the Spirit In every single one of these steps, we need the Spirit to work on us. We need to seek after the Spirit, um, and, and I think the number one way to do that is make sure we're we're praying constantly. We'll get to that here in the prayer part. Um, but before you begin anything else, though, you have to know and understand this truth that what we're trying to do is we're trying to get closer to Jesus. We're trying to get rid of those fleshly desires and and live uh, uh, spirit filled lives. All right, that's the ultimate goal. You know, so you're not trying to be Let's say you want to be more patient. All right. You're not trying to be more patient. You're trying to allow the spirit in you to work because the spirit in you is perfect. The flesh in you is not. That fleshly desire is not. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the spirit to work. We're trying to allow the spirit. And The spirit doesn't just take control. The spirit says, if you will give up the flesh, I'll handle it from there. So if you say, I'm not going to choose that sin, the spirit will say, okay, here's your patience. And so it's it's just awesome. It's just awesome how it all works together. So the spirit guides us. He guides us. He gives us the ability to fight the flesh and its desires. Um, but like I said, the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual battles, uh, they still face in there. So uh, on top of all that, though, now this does take discipline. It takes discipline to stop and say, I'm going to follow the spirit here, right? And I, like I keep saying, there's a choice that has to be made. You know, when, when, when you're faced with a temptation, the spirit gives you the ability out of that temptation. Um, uh, but the flesh is still there fighting. And so you have to make the decision. I'm not going to follow my flesh. I'm going to follow my spiritual instinct. Um, I'm going to follow that spiritual grievance, you know, because when we get tempted or when we sin, the spirit says the spirit will grieve us. Uh, we'll be grieved in our spirit when we try to sin. Um, so this is important, though to realize that what we're trying to do is we're trying to get closer to God and then the rest of this stuff comes from God himself. Okay. All right. So we want to make sure we're connected in the spirit in all that we do though. Right. So we want to know, okay, should I pray with this person? Should I go here? Should I share the gospel with this person? You know, what do we do here? Uh, we have to stay connected to the spirit. That's what you'll see in a lot of these like guys who are really, you know, the people, you know, that are really close to the Lord. That's what you're going to see is you're going to see them constantly connected with the spirit. They're going to be constantly wondering, what's the Spirit want me to do? I will go wherever you send me, you know, Father. I will go wherever you send me, God. You know, I'll go wherever you send me, Jesus. I'll go wherever your Spirit is drawing me to, right? So they're always on the outlook for that. So you got to be, you got to be very vigilant for what the Spirit is leading you to do, right? And I think, like I said, I think the number one way is prayer. So let's jump into that next, all right? So prayer is, is one of the most important things. Um, prayer is one of the most important and, uh, and honestly, it's really one of the easiest uh, of all the spiritual disciplines. Uh, I, I really think it is because prayer, I mean, you can literally prayer, pray anywhere now, um, through, because now we have the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And, and so now we can pray anywhere, you know, we don't have to call on a priest, you know, to pray for us. We can pray di- directly to God because, uh, well, for one, His Spirit resides inside of us, so we can pray directly to God um, anywhere. And so, um, and basically, all prayer is—and you probably have heard this before—but all prayer is it's communication to God. It's you know speaking to Him. It's thanking Him. It's it's giving Him our request. Uh, stuff like that. All right, and like like First Timothy two five says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity the man, Christ Jesus. So now we can speak directly to God through Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things I get it all the time, people will say, you know, I'm just so anxious. You know, I'm just so worried. Um, you know, and everybody, everybody probably hates it when I tell them, and it probably sounds so much like a cliche, but, uh, Philippians four, six, and seven makes it clear. Don't worry about anything. Um, but in everything, through prayer and petition, and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So listen, everything needs to go to God in prayer. Everything needs to go to God in prayer. Everything needs to go to God in prayer, okay? Uh, so when you're anxious, when you're worried, you know, when things are going good, he also says, you know, pray Uh, By giving thanks, you know, uh, give your petitions, but give your petitions with with thanksgiving. Um, You know, everything needs to go go to God in prayer. And what we really need to do is we need to make sure that no matter what we're talking about, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what decision we make, we want to make sure that God is in it. Because in Colossians 3.23, it says, do everything for the glory of God of God. And so we want to make sure that everything we do is for the glory of God. So we want to make sure we're praying. So that way we can go back, like I said before, we can go back to say, okay, I am following the spirit here. I prayed about it. I know I am following the spirit. So everything goes to God in prayer. All right. So here's the question though, is how often should we pray? Um, Well, it's pretty easy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, one of the shortest verses in the entire Bible. It says, pray uh, without ceasing, or pray constantly. Pray constantly. So how do you do that? How do you how do you pray constantly? Um, what I think this is, is kind of, for one, you want to have a habit of prayer, right? So you don't want to just pray before meals. You don't want to just pray at church. You don't want to just pray one time in the morning. No, you want to have this habit of praying. And what that does is it, may, it it reminds you, first of all, that the Spirit is with you, that the Spirit needs to guide you. And so if you're praying constantly, for one, you can pray prayers that, that, you know, those prayers can do more than anything you could tell a person, anything you could do for a person. Those prayers can do any more, can do much more than that. Um, And so you're praying constantly. So you just say maybe like quick prayers and say, God, uh, God, be with this person. God, give me the words to speak here. God, hold my tongue. You know, uh, whatever it may be is praying without ceasing. So we're constantly, we're constantly leaning on the Holy Spirit's guidance in everything that we do. Um, and we also need to, to pray for each other. So if you get a text and you say, oh, I'm having a bad day or something's happening or, or whatever it may be, um, uh, we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for each other, not just for our physical needs, not just in our time of trouble, but pray with each other in Thanksgiving. And just, man, how cool is it when you get to sit you know, in a circle or sit and talk to somebody or sit and talk to your family and you just pray a prayer of Thanksgiving and say, God, thank you for this. God, thank you for that. God, thank you. You know, it doesn't have to be when things are going bad. But it needs to be consistent. It needs to happen a lot. Um, we also need to pray for each other's spiritual growth. Listen to um, Ephesians 6.18. Again, it says, Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. And stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Um, so we need to pray for one another. We need to make sure that's a priority is to pray for one another. Anybody who's willing to pray for me, I'm say yes, please, You know, pray for me. Um, you know, as I'm in a lot of ministry positions, I've got a lot of people look up to me. I've got a lot of people ask me questions. Uh, a lot of things go on in my life and I need prayer because I can't do any of this without the spirit. And I can't do this without my brothers and sisters supporting me, uh, my brothers sisters, and sisters in the Lord supporting me. Um, so another thing about prayer is the word amen. You know how we always end a, a sermon with amen or amen in Greek. Um, uh, it, it means let it be, or, or so be it. You know, so when we say amen we're saying God so be it you know whatever you do so be it God whatever you do let it be you know whatever you decide to do with my prayer or my petition here um, So here's my practical suggestions uh, First of all pray all the time start to build that habit you know and, and think throughout your, throughout your day maybe at the end of the day or there are times today maybe where I should have prayed for somebody you don't have to pray with them sometimes you can just pray for them while, while you're sitting there talking to them or pray for yourself. You know, where where in, the, in your day could you have prayed more? You know, think about that at the end of the day. And then eventually, the more you think about it, the more it's on your mind, the more you'll remember to pray um, throughout your day. All right. So don't beat yourself up if you pray one time this week. You know, uh, don't don't let that beat you up to where the next week you're not praying two times, you know, or something like that. You want to keep growing in these things. You're going to keep growing in them. And so when you start off slow, when you start off praying once a month, when you start off praying you know, twice a month, and then it goes to three times a month, and all of a sudden you're praying every day, and then all of a sudden you're praying 15 times a day, you know, Um, you know, keep up with it, keep growing, Um, because, you know, there is just, because there's so much, you know, we want to pray for, um, I also suggest, though, that, you know, yes, you need to pray constantly, but I do think every day it would, it's very beneficial to just spend some time, um, just to spend some time in prayer, Right. And, and just wake up in the morning. My suggestion is always get up a little bit early in the morning, you know, 20 minutes, you know, five minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of Bible reading. You're out the door, you know, or uh, in your car you can pray or while you're at work, you can pray or whatever it may be. Um, or even if you if you don't pray all day, don't feel bad. Pray that night, you know, um, just find time to pray. And so what I do is uh, because there's so much stuff that we want to pray about. There's so much stuff we care about. It can get overwhelming. So my suggestion is to break down your days of the week and have something specific you pray for uh, for each day of the week. So like every single day when I wake up, these are the things I'm going to pray for. I'm going to pray for my my personal life and my devotional life. So these are things going on in my life. And then things like, uh, you know, uh, God, you know, speak to me today through your word. Help me to love others. I have a time of repentance. Um, I ask for gospel opportunity, gospel presentation opportunities. <clears throat> I spend some times in time in thanksgiving to God. These are every day, uh, and I pray for my wife and daughter. Uh, and then I have just some other prayer requests that pop up throughout those throughout my week and stuff like that. I need to be praying for every single day. Um, and then Monday I have general prayer requests. So if they're long term prayer requests or something I'm really wanting to see a change in somebody, you know, this is where it goes. And so I pray for them on Mondays. And then on Tuesdays, I pray for my family, uh, my specifically my family members and those who in my family who are lost. Um, Wednesday, I pray for the youth uh, of the church and uh, the services for Wednesday night. Uh, I pray for that in the morning. And then Thursdays, um, I pray for my personal issues that I'm having, um, you know, or, or uh, sin issues that I'm having, whatever it may be. Um, that's really a, a deep time of repentance and praying against those things. Uh, Friday, I pray for our nation and uh, and, and our entire world and just some uh, general prayer requests for that. Um, Saturday, uh, I pray for the church and the services the next day and all the leadership of the church. And then on Sunday, I spend a whole day just praying through my list of people that I want to see get saved. So uh, if you break it down like that, I think it's very beneficial. Um, And the most important thing, though, uh, well, not the most important thing, but one of the important things is that if you pray for something, Especially if it's something long term and that prayer is answered, then write it down because it'll be the most encouraging thing later on. You know, when you're when when you're feeling discouraged about your prayers, you feel like they're not worth it or whatever. You can look at these answered prayers and say, wow, yeah, I forgot that God actually answered this prayer for me. You know, so you can look back on that kind of stuff. All right. So just start praying. Just start praying. All right. You don't have to do the whole list thing like I do. I worked up to that for a long time. This is something I've only been working on the last few months. Um, but you know, uh, just start praying, you know, pray for people. And then as you grow in praying alone by yourself, you'll start growing and, and praying for other people around you that need prayer. Um, all right. So now let's move on to Bible reading. So I think, I think every morning when you wake up, I think you should really try to discipline yourself to wake up, have a time of prayer and have a time of, of devotion of reading God's word and meditating on God's word and hearing from God um, and speaking to God. Um, all right. So this is where it gets complicated. Now I've talked about this before in a blog post a long time ago, but uh, I'll just kind of mention some of this stuff again. Um, uh, but something you definitely want to pray for, though, is your Bible reading. So like I said, every day I wake up, I pray. I say, God, speak to me through your word today, this morning, you know, or whatever, whatever I'm going to be doing, you know, in his word that day. I say, God, speak to me through your word. Right. So pray that God speaks to you. And here's the thing, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it's very clear uh, of why we need to read the scriptures. Because it says all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Right? So we need this, we need to read the scriptures so we can learn, um, so we can learn, so we can learn, we can teach others. So we can be, uh, so we can rebuke others from their sin and say, "Hey, get out of here," you know, uh, or don't do that, or do this, or whatever. For correcting, for training in righteousness, uh, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we need God's word to grow in Christ. You know, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, um, you know, they seem like strong Christian people. And then you talk to them, and they're not even reading God's word you know, at all. And it's not like they're just reading, you know, it's not like they're trying, you know, it's not like they're reading one word, but I've, I've seen a lot of people like that. But I, what I, what I fear is, is that if people are not reading the word of God, for one, I think that means that a lot of times they're not hearing from God. Um, And, you know, I know that there's different ways that God can speak to us. um, But uh, I I think there's something that's always going to be lacking if you're not reading the word of God. God will speak to you through his word. Right. So where do you start? I mean, most people that if you're listening to this, you know, maybe you're just wondering what I think about it. And you're already doing a lot of this stuff. But uh, but where do you start? I I think there's a few different ways Um, for me. What worked for me and I think this worked for this would probably work for a lot of people is you start off at the beginning. Do some short Bible plans. Right. Um, So pretty much everybody now has a smartphone. Pretty much everybody has the Bible app if you're a Christian. So use the Bible app. Take some of those five to seven day plans and then work them until you can, till you're consistently doing it every single day. And those are a little bit shorter than most of, most of the plans, but you know, do some of these shorter plans. So just so that you'll get into it, um, and that most of it can be read to you. Some of them have videos. You know, um, you read a little bit of scripture. You have a devotional, and you move on. You know, you can even pick a topic. You can read a book or whatever. Um, but that would be my suggestions. Get your phone. Find the Bible app. And, and start start doing some of the shorter devotionals just to get started, um, uh, and then and then maybe even grow into doing multiple uh, or whatever. So that's how I started. I started doing these five to seven day devotionals, and then it got to fourteen days, then it was month. You know, I read through Proverbs and Psalms, Proverbs and Psalms over and over and over again because you can do both of those pretty much in thirty days. Um, so you know, then it, it just now it's grown. It grew into. Um, you know, to from a five minute devotional to now, you know, I'm usually spending 20 to 30 minutes uh, doing my devotional. And I'm not perfect at it. I have plenty of days I, I accidentally skip or something happens or whatever, um, you know, but don't let that discourage you. Jump back in there. Get back in it, because uh, no matter what, you just need to read the word. All right. And so even if you you say, OK, I know I need to wake up in the morning. You know, you say tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. I'm going to get up and I'm gonna read my Bible and I'm going to pray. You know, then you wake up tomorrow and it's 7 a.m. You're getting dressed real quick. You're rushing out the door. You know, uh, don't let that discourage you. Find time throughout your day to still try to read some scripture, even if it's just a verse of the day or something. You know, try to find something to read, because the more you try, the more you try, even if you miss it. You know, so if you miss it in the morning, you do it even at in, in the while you're while you're you know, in the bathroom at work or something, you know, or you're just sitting there, you're at lunch and you're sitting there, you're on your phone, read a little bit of scripture, you know, don't let it discourage you that you didn't wake read it that morning. Um, just read what you can, uh, when you can, and then let and then let it grow um, as you do it. Um, but you're not just reading to read, though. It's not just like reading a novel. You're reading for transformation. You want to make sure that you're listening to God as you read. Say, God, what are you trying to show me? And so it'll help you to know god more then as you know god more as you read his word it'll help uh it'll it'll start it'll begin to change your life just spending time in his word right um so when should you do it my suggestion is early in the morning before your day starts because it starts you off on a solid foundation first thing in the morning a solid foundation to get your day going Um, a solid prayer time and a solid bible reading time can really get your your day going um um, and I really highly suggest, even if you use a book or something, use the Bible app to read your scriptures. Um, even if you use an outside book, because the Bible app will actually track your progress. And it'll say you're on this many streaks. You've been you know, reading this many days. Um, you've been reading for this many weeks. And then at the end of the year to give your your end of the year uh, kind of reveal of it all. Uh, so use the Bible app so you can track it. Um, or I really love through the word. Uh, Check that out if you really want to get a little um, a little more deeper into that It's all an audio guide to the uh, to uh, uh, every chapter in the Bible. It's uh, absolutely amazing app Um, All right, so I'm gonna move on to journaling I don't want to spend too much time on this because this one uh, I almost like I said, I wasn't I really almost wasn't even gonna do talk about this at all, but um, a lot of people journal and now so what I do is I don't I, I don't journal every day uh, mostly because of of my time constraints, you know, I'd like to, uh, but I don't. And, um, and part of that is because you know when you're journaling, you realize, okay, I only got to get up and read my Bible and pray. Now I got to spend another ten or fifteen minutes, or five minutes, or even you know even just five minutes to write this stuff down, or write down what did I learn today, what did what did God say to me today. Um, but many do it for their benefit and progress, and I really. I really like it, you know, hearing these stories of people who say, "Yeah, I got this, you know, notebook from my father or grandfather or whatever, or a journal or a prayer list or whatever it was." These prayers that these people were praying and and the things God was telling them and how God was working in their life, uh, you know, all that stuff's beneficial. So if you can do it and you love doing it, do it. If it'll help you, do it. Um, you know, and and at the very least, even if you're not going to journal, at least write down. Um, some of your prayers and those answers to those prayers, uh, that'll be important to help you, um, in the future and in the long run. Um, and you know, one thing I do is I always, since I was a kid, I've always taken notes in church. So, I mean, literally I have always taken notes, um, in church. So, um, Take some notes while you're in church, and then you know even write down a few things. Look back at those notes or whatever. Um, but I really do have to keep help me keep uh, focused. So even even like now, I'm doing a chronological you know Bible read through in a year. Um, I, I get my pen out, I underline things, I write you know small notes in the margins of my Bible, stuff like that. You know I don't spend a whole lot of time writing, but I do write some stuff just so I'll make sure I'm you know paying attention, I'm really listening, um, and that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe you need to do that to help keep you focused a little bit. Um, but, you know, you're journaling your Bible notes and stuff. It can be passed down to your kids or the next generation. Like Psalm 102:18 says, this will be written for a later generation and the people who have not yet been created will praise the Lord. Right. So, listen, I don't don't beat me up for, you know, quoting this and saying you could do this, too, because uh, whatever you write in your journals will not be scripture. OK, it won't be scripture. But the truth of that still stands that. You could write down something that could really encourage the next generation or your kids or your grandkids uh, or something like that. Uh, but your writings are not scripture, but they, they it could be a great encouragement for somebody in the future. So uh, just wherever you feel comfortable, I think, with journaling, um, I think you should do it. Uh, and I really suggest, you know, marking up your Bible. You know, a, a, a torn up Bible, you know, is is a symbol of a life that's not falling apart. <laughs> You know, or a falling apart Bible is not a symbol of a life that's falling apart. Um, you know, so, you know, mark it up, you know, mark it up and, and underline things and just write in the margins what God speaks, saying to you, um, you know, because you'll see that a lot more than you will like a notebook or something like that, too. Um, or if you're opening up, someone asks ask you a question, maybe you have a note in there that answers their question, um, something like that. Uh, so anyways, this is totally up to you. But this can be kind of burdensome, you know, if you're already on a time crunch. So don't listen to this thinking, oh, now I got to get up. Now it's going to be 45 minutes every morning to do this devotional. Don't do that. Don't don't get all overwhelmed by the time period. um, And just make sure you're doing these things uh, like reading and praying. And relying on the spirit. All right. So journaling totally up to you. I don't I don't I know a lot of people that that journal, but uh, totally up to you. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is church gathering. I'm going to church. This one really bothers me today. I cannot stand, I cannot stand when people, uh, you know, when so many people say uh, that they're Christians, but they refuse to go to church. Um, and nine times out of 10, because something happened at one church and they didn't like it, um, you know, and it's funny because I've, I've always, uh, you know, I've asked people, hey, you should come to church. And they say, well, I'm not going to your church because so and so did this to me or whatever and um and they said and basically they've convinced themselves that it's okay that they're not going to church but um if somebody really wants to go to church even if something happens to one church they'll just go to a different church you know um and not every church is for every person unfortunately so um uh, and i've heard people say oh, the churches are so corrupt you know i don't go to church because churches are so corrupt they're all money hungry and blah 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 blah." no they're not they're not all like that Uh, there are some bad churches out there some terrible churches uh, but there's always also some really good churches, and even in the good churches, there's always going to be problems because uh, because there's sinners in these churches. You no, know, there's imperfect people in these churches, so of course there's going to be problems. Of course there's going to be stresses. Of course there's going to be fights and stuff. Um, but that gathering among believers is of the utmost importance. And not only that, these people who say that oh I don't go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites. You know, well, well, we need you at the church because if you're not a hypocrite, if you're going to live fully devoted to God, then you're the person we need at church. You're the person that can be showing up and encouraging people because you're not a hypocrite. You're the one that could show up and say, hey, you're being hypocritical. You know, you can call out people for being hypocritical. Um, So there is there's no excuse for not going to church. Now, there can be a good excuse for not going to a specific church. Um, but there's not a good excuse for not going to church at all. Um, so you need to get in church. Not only that, it is actually directly commanded in the scriptures to gather together with other believers. Okay. Um, and and, you know, and I, I can't think of too many people that have talked so bad about the church and are still close to God. Usually if somebody's going to talk bad about the church, they're not going to be close to God. Um, I have never met anybody who I thought Was close to God, but didn't go to church anywhere. um, You know, and using some of these excuses. I've never met somebody like that because I think not going to church and not being able to deal with people who are just like you, actually, um, you know, that's just a sign that somebody's not close to God. Um, So I I haven't uh, seen this very often, if at all. Uh, But you know, in Hebrews though, it says in Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. It says, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not, neglect, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So here's what the church does and we're supposed to do. The church is supposed to help one another. We are the church, the people are the church, the, 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 the collection of believers are the worldwide universal church, okay? We are the church. The people are the church. So we have to help each other. We have to meet together so we can worship together, so we can study together, so we can pray together. You know, in the first century, they went to church because they finally were around people that understood, just like they did, that they didn't do this stuff, that if they didn't do this stuff, that they were going to die. So then they can meet with other believers and say, you know what, I'm not alone in this. We all are in this together. We all love Jesus. We all praise Jesus. So let's sing praises to him. Let's call out to God. Let's study his word. Let's learn more about God. Let's get closer to God together. That's the purpose of church. And church is absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Um, And we need to do this together. Um, And nowhere in the Bible does it say that, that, that we should live the Christian life alone. It's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere. Now, there are people who were alone in the Bible, but I don't think that's what God intended for those people. Um, but they, they were stuck in those things. But even then, they talk about the loneliness. They talk about how it felt and how terrible it was. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say we should live the Christian life alone. We need each other. We need each other. Gathering together at church, regardless of our imperfections and sins, is necessary for the life of Christians, gathering together at church, regardless of our imperfections and sins, is necessary for the life of the Christian. It is super important, and plus, you know, especially for those of us, uh, those of you who maybe you're not studying and stuff like you should. Uh, going to church and reading your Bible and hearing the messages can really be a great encouragement. It can be a powerful, uh, powerful thing that happens. Uh, and it's, it's absolutely necessary because, like we're going to talk about next, if you don't have that accountability, if you don't have somebody pushing you, if you don't have somebody teaching you and holding you accountable and asking you questions and, and saying, hey, you need to get to church, hey, you need to read your Bible, hey, you need to pray more. If you don't have that, um, then you're going to you, you have a higher chance of falling um, away and falling further away from God. And that's the whole point of this podcast is to say these are the things you do to get closer to God. So if you want to get closer to God, you actually got to get closer to God's people. You got to do that. And, and, and truly godly people will also help you get closer. You know, And then you just got to learn how to, to forgive and minister um, to them to deal with the rest of that. Um, all right. So we got two more here. Accountability. Um, accountability. This is something that happens at the church. And I'm just mentioned it a little bit. Um, but this I think this there needs to be something more here. I think there needs to be something more. Um, You know, right now I'm looking for a a solid accountability partner right now, but um, there's just a couple of tips. So accountability partners, what they'll do is they'll say, hey, did you do this? Hey, did you not do that? Hey, did you do this? Hey, did you not do that? Um, So what you need in an accountability partner is someone who's going to say, hey, I think you should pray more or, hey, did you read your Bible today? Did you read your Bible this week? I mean, I mean, how many days did you forget to read your Bible? Did you not have time to read your Bible? You know, what can you do about that next week? So these are questions that most of us don't get asked on a regular basis. But if you have somebody designated as your as your accountability partner, they can encourage you in the Lord, right? So I'm, I'm constantly looking for people that I can mentor and help in this way. Um, so just a few tips on that. If you're going to have an accountability partner, it needs to be someone of, of the same sex, right? Unless you're married um, to a girl and a guy, y'all don't need to be each other's accountability partners, because an accountability partner needs to be able to be vulnerable with this other person, you know. So I can I can give a little bit of guidance to anybody, uh, but if you're going to have a long-term accountability partner, it needs to be someone of the same sex and hopefully in the same kind of circumstances as you, so they can understand what you're going through a little bit a little better. Um. So, uh, you know, and 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 if you're married, you know, like like you know, my wife, she holds me, she holds she holds me accountable in a lot of different things, a lot of spiritual disciplines, you know, but um, they, they can hold you accountable as well, but even then it's good to have somebody outside of that, um, that can also hold you accountable because, you know, there's some things that, um, I would just prefer not to really discuss with my wife. You know, I would rather discuss it with a friend who kind of understands what I'm going through a little better, you know, because, you know, maybe they're married and maybe he's in ministry and he's a youth pastor and, and he's facing some of the same difficulties I'm facing, um, stuff like that. Um. So you need to find somebody of the same sex to be your accountability partner. It needs to be someone that's a Christian, someone that you can push and someone that's willing to push you. Um, and you, so Because you need to have someone else that would ask you tough questions and will push you closer to Christ, right? And this is for your own protection. This is for your own growth, your own spiritual growth, your own, uh, you know, getting close to God on your own. You, you know, you, it's hard to do on your own. You need somebody to be able to push you and hold you accountable for what you do and what you don't do. Um, and it's also to protect your testimony that is that is there for the glory of God. Because if you screw up, if you you know if you don't have accountability, you know, and and you know you get stuck in some sin, right? Uh, so maybe like maybe I don't know, maybe you you have a problem with um, alcohol, you know, and you say, okay, I need to quit drinking. You know, if you quit drinking on on your own, um, it's going to be next to impossible to do. But if you have somebody asking you every day say, Hey, did you have a drink today? Or, How much drink did you have today?" day? You know, so those, those people like that can help in that sense. Um, and, uh, if you have a good accountability partner, they're going to tell you stuff that you don't want to hear all the time, which you know that it's going to help you. And so an accountability partner will seriously help you. Um, cause like first Corinthians 12, 26 and 27 says, so if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. So accountability partners, we need to do this because we're the church. We're the church. You know, we need to suffer with one another. We need to honor one another. We need to rejoice with one another because we're all a part of the body of Christ. Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you, but also, um, so so also your pastor could probably help you. So if you say, hey pastor, can I talk to you? Um, hey, can you tell me how I'm living my life? You know, what from from your perspective right now, what what things do you think I need to change, or what things you need to do? you think I need to work on? What am I doing good in? What am I doing bad in? Um, your pastor is uh, is a leader that has been put uh, in authority over you. Uh, to where they are, they are given, we are given the responsibility to watch over you. And so we kind of keep these things in mind. We watch people and we say, okay, this is what this person is doing. This is what this person probably needs to change, um, you know. So um, uh, a pastor can help you at least get started in some of that accountability stuff. Um, or a Sunday school teacher. Um, or, or maybe the person that even brought you to Christ, you know. All these people can, can help you with that accountability Um, and they'll ask what things they can, you know, and just ask them what kind of things do you, they see in your life that you need to change or that you're doing good at. So listen, um, for me, accountability is, is the toughest yet. I think the most important part, uh, for me, you know, I need people to ask me if I've been praying, um, um, or if I'm in the word or if I'm living right, or if I'm, you know, am, am I stuck in some kind of sin you know how did I deal with this this week? How did I deal with that this week? I need people like that. Um, I'm looking for more people that can that can do that for me. Um, and I and, and me being a pastor and and doing this podcast and uh, you know just being a Christian wherever I go, I have a lot of pressure on me. Um, you know I have a lot of accountability from a lot of people. They say, oh, you can't do that. You're a preacher. Oh, you can't do this. You're a preacher. You know. Um, uh, we all need this, and the reason that it's tough is because then if we get an accountability partner. We have somebody, then we have to share the most intimate parts of our lives with. And so it's so hard to find a good accountability partner. And uh, unfortunately, in the, in the ministry, it's even harder um, just because of all the people that are just so close to the situations that you're in and frustrated about and are trying to work through and, and, uh, and need somebody, need a partner to help you with. Um, uh, it can get tough, but we need people who will point us to Christ. And so there's this really cool app. It's called Habit Share. And on Habit Share, you can set up the habits. You know, so you can say that you know, uh, read my Bible today, and you check it off every day. But the cool thing is, you can set it up to where it'll send it to your friends. Well, they'll see. Um, they'll see if you did it that day or not. So your options then are: you do it and you tell the truth, and your friend sees it. You you lie. You know, you lie to your friend, which I mean, you could. Um, you know, but it's going to make you feel really guilty or you just don't do it. And your friend gets on there and calls you and says, well, Hey, why don't you fill out your thing today? You know, or text you or whatever. Um, I've done that with a few of my friends before and it's a very helpful app. It's called habit share. All right. Habit share. So listen, if you're looking for an accountability partner, uh, hit me up. Grace ministries, gmail.com. Um, you know, email me, uh, message me or whatever. And, uh, I'll help you. I'll help you. Um, if you will help me, and so let's just let's just all follow Christ together in that, and go to going to church is also a part of this. We're gonna have a lot of accountability, a lot more accountability if you're going to church. Um, all right. So the last thing is is ministering to others. Now, this, now ministering to others is not something just for a full-time minister. This is for every Christian. Every Christian is called to minister to other Christians and to other people. So that's love, encouragement, evangelism, testimony, and, and just things like that. Um, as a Christian, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 14, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and He gives light for all who all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So we as Christians, we are the light. We are the light and salt of the world. We are God's ambassadors, God's representatives all across this world in our daily lives. And so as we go, we need to we need to minister to these people that we are being the light of Christ to. So we need to make sure we're we're doing these things. And the, the fruit of the Spirit, listen, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Again, the fruit of the Spirit will show to others the closer we get to God. So the more we're praying, the more we're reading our Bible, the closer we're following the Spirit of God, uh, You know, the more accountability we have, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is going to show. And that says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God can use you to change somebody's life. So you have to be willing, you have to be alert, you have to be um, careful to protect your testimony. You know, God wants to use you. He's going to use the fruit of the spirit that's inside of you to change somebody's life around you. So also you got to be able to share the gospel with others, not just through actions, but actually using. The words. That's what a lot of people say. Oh, you can share the gospel by the way you act around people. Yeah, that's true. But you're not going to share the gospel in a way where they can accept it until you actually share the gospel with them um, through with the scriptures or with your testimony and say, hey, you need to get put your faith in Christ. Uh, if you don't do that, they're not going to get saved. And you can reach your friends, your families, and your co-workers easier than your pastor can uh, most of the time. So you can invite people to church. A lot of times that's easier for people um, but you also need to try to share the gospel with people yourselves. You know, like he says, First Peter three fifteen. But in your hearts, regard Christ. The Lord is holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason that the hope is within you. All right. So share the gospel with people, and then also you know live live as close to God as possible. Living to God as close living ah, <laughs> living as close to God as possible protects your testimony. 1 Peter 2.12, it says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. So if we are living lives that honor and glorify God, the non-Christian people will see that. And so we need to make sure we're, we're, we're living, you know, lives honoring to God for the glory of God and for the focus of God. And so we can get closer to God. But it's also so we can have a testimony for the unbelievers in the world. Because you have no, I mean, you have no idea how many people I've talked to that their whole idea of Christianity has been ruined because of the way a Christian has, has treated them. Um, and then also Christian love can change the world. We should always love people in the way First Corinthians guides us to. Uh, it says, love is patient. First Corinthians thirteen four. love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. All these ministerial things are something that characterizes those who are close to God because you're constantly going out and you're thinking about other people, just like Jesus was when he was walking around. He was constantly thinking about these people around him and how lost they were and how and how much help they needed and how they needed prayer and they needed salvation, and how they were destined for hell. God, Jesus thought about that while he was walking on this earth. And so we want to be... Like Jesus, we want to be able to minister to people as we go about our daily lives. Um, you know, and, and we want to make sure we're always doing that. And not only that, as you minister to people, your faith grows. You know, I had a friend, uh, There was a youth uh, a youth speaker. He said, uh, he gave this idea. He said, you know what, um, the, the spiritual fire inside of us, how we keep that fire going inside of us. He said, well, a normal fire, if you want to keep it going, you've got to, you've got to spread that fire onto something else. You know, you've know, got to keep spreading the fire. If you want your spiritual fire to keep going, you've got to spread your spiritual fire. You've got to spread your spiritual fire. And then your fire grows inside of you and you just go stronger and stronger and stronger ministering and sharing the love of Christ with people. All right, so let me summarize this. I'm about out of time here. Um, so what makes someone a strong Christian person. The very first and foremost thing is connecting with that Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit guide you in everything that you do. The next thing is, is prayer, praying every single day, seriously, maybe in the mornings and then constantly throughout the day, just praying for people, praying for your situation, praying for your sin, giving thanks to God. Um, and just start somewhere with all these things. Uh, Bible reading, you know, opening up your word every single day and, and praying, And that God will speak to you, listening to God and making sure you're in your in his word every single day, no matter what. Even if you miss it in the morning, come back to it later in the afternoon. Do it. Read the Bible on your phone while you're sitting in the restroom or while you're driving your car. Um, The next thing is journaling. And I kind of said that one's, you know, a little bit of your own personal thing there. Uh, But whatever you need to do to make yourself listen more, remember more, uh, do it. And then go to church, going to church and being involved in church. First of all, those are two different things. But uh, going to church and being involved in church is so important to becoming closer to God because you'll have that accountability of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, And then accountability, period. Just have somebody or a group of people or multiple people who are holding you accountable to living a godly life. Um, And the last thing is ministry. Do ministry for other people. Serve one another. Pray for one another. Love one another. Um, Let's live like Christians with each other, you know, let's be Christians together, let's minister to one another, let's minister to the lost, and that's for everybody, not just a paid or professional minister, but everybody, all right, so listen, these foundations, I wholeheartedly believe that if you will do these on a regular basis, if you'll do these on a daily basis, that before long, you'll be, you'll feel so close to God, you'll feel this necessity to be close to God, especially when you're out ministering all the time, You'll feel that necessity and you'll start to uh, draw closer to God and it will bring a joy and a peace that is beyond all understanding. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we will see you on the next one. And I hope that this is encouraging and I hope it encourages you to just grow closer to God. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Uh, podcast, please leave leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, Let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, And also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.